I want you to know what you should expect tonight. As the word comes today, you will be empowered to arise and shine. The word is that light that will cause the glory of God to shine and rise upon you. In Isaiah 61, it said, Arise, shine, for the light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. The word of the Lord is that light. So you are going to be arising tonight. And how do you arise? By your faith. So be hungry. Tell your neighbor, be hungry. It's not just because I'm the person talking today. Each time the word is coming, be hungry. If you don't take anything from what I'm going to say tonight, take that with you. Anytime the word of God is coming, be hungry. Let your faith be ready. Because until you arise, you won't shine. The light has come. The word has come. But you must arise. And you arise in the spirit with your faith. If you don't arise, if you don't catch it, you won't get it. I don't know if you heard that. If you don't catch it, you won't get it. And you do it by faith. You do it by faith. It's not physical. Because the word is a spirit. And that is the light that is coming for you. In Psalm 119105, it said, That word is a light unto my path. So that is the light we're talking about tonight. The light is already upon you as the word is coming. So nobody, someone, maybe mommy might lay hands on you later, but even if they don't lay hands on you, your miracle is flowing already. Because as the word is coming, you are rising and you are shining. If you don't shine after this message, it's your fault. Tell your neighbor it's your fault. Because you didn't arise. The light is already there. Yeah, so if you arise, you will shine. Praise the Lord. And this is not just in one area. Because the word is not just a one-dimensional word. In the spirit realm, it visits everything. Everything from generation to generation. Like our, our mommy told us on Sunday, it goes to the foundations. Maybe great-great-great-grandparents may have done something that is speaking in your life today. As the word comes, it goes to check that. And an operation is taking place. So, it's in every aspect of your life. For instance, Psalm 10720. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. So, as the word is coming tonight, if you are sick, expect your healing. I might not be talking about healing tonight, but as the word comes, you must be healed in Jesus' name. Why am I so sure? He said his word will not come back to him null and void. But with accomplishment of his aim, the purpose which he has sent it will come to pass. And he said he sent his word and he healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Whatever destruction, I don't know. Whatever the devil has put on your path to cause destruction. Tonight as the word comes, you are delivered from them in Jesus' name. Specifically because we're going to be talking about the spirit of righteousness. I see your spirit man renewed and empowered today. Because when the spirit of righteousness is being spoken about, it manifests. We saw it on Sunday. If you want manifestation, you don't don't need to do something else. Just talk about the spirit of righteousness. And manifestations will happen. You don't need any other thing. Just talk about it and it would come to manifest. Hallelujah. I see every feeling, nature, and darkness give way today in Jesus' name. In John 1, 1 to 5. Let's just say John 1 and 5. Let's go straight to 5, sir. 5. 
And the light shineth in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. So as the word comes to the every darkness in your life, every unrighteousness, every filthy garment is giving way because the word is shining forth. Praise the Lord. So with that understanding, let's just pray and ask the Lord, your sent word, your sent word. It said in Psalm 105, 22, that as the word came, the king sent for him. So as your word comes tonight, there will be favor. Someone, somewhere hanging, your favor will call for you. Your king will send for you. And he said, lose him and let him go. So you'll be loose tonight. So turn that to a prayer. The Lord, give me my sent word tonight. Give me my sent word tonight. Whatever it is, let my sent word address it tonight in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Who is the spirit of righteousness? Ask your neighbor, who is the spirit of righteousness? Okay. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. So, this, just what the spirit of righteousness is not. First and foremost, it's different from the righteous spirit. If you go to Psalm 51.10, you see what the Bible says there. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That is your spirit. How many of us know that we are spirits? Yeah, we are spirits, we have a soul, and we live in a body. So when you get born again, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are the righteous spirit. But now, that is a different concept. There is the righteous spirit, and there is the spirit of righteousness. And we're talking about the spirit of righteousness tonight. But there's a relationship between both of them. Hallelujah. So, I want to quickly say in... um, Romans 7, 19 to 24. Romans 7, 19 to 24. If we can quickly read that. For the good that I would do. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is more I that do it. But sin that dwelleth. No more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. 21. I find then a law. That when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. 24. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? So what that is saying is sometimes we struggle. You are born again. We are all born again. I believe so. But if you are not, you have to take action tonight at the end of this message. But for those of us that are born again, we struggle. Even to give testimonies, we just need to spice it up because the other sister's testimony was too amazing. We want our own to just be a bit amazing. But that's a sin. I don't know if you know that. But it happens. But it's not you. You don't want to do it. But that urge just comes. Like, why should our testimony be that amazing? God did all that for her. But the one God did for you is the same thing before him. Even if God just brought you from your house to the church and you testify that, it's amazing. But there's that urge to say, okay, as I was coming, just by the traffic light, something happened. My car turned this, this, this. 
like well, they jokingly say, when your car, you go into a collision and maybe the car somersaults, when you are between life and death, how come you counted it? Some people will kind of say, oh, the car somersaulted 10 times. When you are between life, let's be serious, we are humans. You know that you are between life and death. How come you were counting it and you counted up to 10? Does that make sense? That's what Paul was saying there. You don't want to, but the urge just comes. And before you know, you say it. it might be, you might be telling someone a story. You just exaggerate. That exaggeration, that's what we're going to address tonight. Because there are the little forces. There are the little forces that spoils the vine. There are the little forces. That's what we're going to address tonight. Praise the Lord. So I want to quickly add here. To continue to live as a righteous spirit when you are born again. And having fellowship with our loving Father and Creator, which is one of the goals while we're on earth. We are meant to have a relationship with Him. We saw it in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve were having constant relationship with Him. So if you are not in a relationship with your Creator, then there is something blocking it. Those are the little foxes that we're talking about. So we're going back to Eden. Tell someone we're going back to Eden. But this time is the spiritual Eden, the one Jesus made available by his death on the cross of Calvary. We must overcome sin and its recurring struggles. I just described, I did an illustration about the struggles. Things you don't want to do. There are so many things. You don't want to masturbate, but you find yourself doing it. You don't want to fornicate, but you find yourself doing it. You don't want to tell lies at the office, maybe change figures. You find yourself doing it. You don't, you're a business person. You want to make more profit and you just maybe approve more hours. You and your uh, uh, staff, you did like 200 hours. So nobody would see me. Let me add another zero. That is what we're going to address tonight. Because, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We thank God for the time tonight. To overcome and have dominion over sin, we need the spirit of righteousness to deliver us from the body of this dead. If Paul, Apostle Paul, could say that, who would deliver us from the body of this dead? I'm glad to inform you tonight that the spirit of righteousness is available to deliver you from the body of that dead. And who is the spirit of righteousness? Hallelujah. He's the Holy Spirit of God. It's as explained, very easy. Holy Spirit means the spirit of righteousness. So we call upon him for power, for everything else. But we forget that his first assignment is being holy. That is his first assignment. That's why it's called the Holy Spirit. And is the spirit of God. So I'm not trying to separate him from what is not. It's the same spirit of God. But it's called the Holy Spirit. It's the spirit of righteousness. So when you have a baby. And you put that baby in a zoo. The baby is not going to talk like humans. Right? The baby is going to talk like the animals. Right? Does that make sense? The same thing. When you get born again. And you don't have a relationship with the spirit of righteousness. You are going to be speaking something else. 
You are not going to be baby. You need the spirit of righteousness to, to teach you what to say, how to say it, how to live once you get born again. As a righteous spirit, without the spirit of righteousness, there's a problem. And that's where we find most of us Christians hanging around. Like mommy said, we pursue signs and wonders. When in Mark 16, 20, what did he say? He said they confirmed their words, hallelujah, with signs and wonders following. So once you get born again and you become a disciple of Christ, it confirms your word. That's why when I came out, I was so sure that miracle is happening already. Because he said he would confirm his word with signs and wonders following. So why would you be running after signs and wonders? Does that make sense? Yeah, so it's because there's no relationship with the spirit of righteousness. If it's in place, I'm telling you, signs and wonders will be following you. Because that's what the word of God says. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's also known as the spirit of love, the spirit of joy, the spirit of peace, truth, and faith. So all that is all and all. But most importantly, it's about being holy. It's about being righteous. And there's something I found out. That's what I said about mommy's message on Sunday. God said I should put it here. And I want to read it. If you heard it on Sunday, you remember. I think we should have done a quiz on that Sunday message. Are we ready? Should I ask questions? We should. We should, right? Yeah, but we don't have time. Praise the Lord. He said, where God will not be with us because of our sins, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of righteousness, has the ability to get into that place. You remember when Jesus was on the cross? He said, my father, my father, why has thou forsaken me? Because God will not associate with sin. He was carrying our sin on the cross. And God separated himself from that. But look at what happened in Genesis 1, 1 to 3. He said the earth was without form and void. Darkness, which is sin, was all over the place. But the spirit of the Lord was brooding. Was brooding. So the Holy Spirit can go into that dungeon. Into that sin situation. Does that make sense? So when God cannot come because God cannot lie. He doesn't have anything to do with sin. The Holy Spirit will go down there and be brooding. Waiting for someone to take action and call out. Because he was brooding but he did nothing. Until God said let there be light. So someone has to speak out. And just so that you know, you know we are God's. Children of the Most High God. We are God. Tell your neighbor, I'm a God. Child of the Most High God. So the same way, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of righteousness brooding around. That darkness, that iniquity that's surrounding you. That struggle that is holding you down from serving God the way you should serve him. All you need to do is call out. That's all he needs to act. He doesn't need, you don't have to beg him. Hallelujah. You don't have to beg him. He's just there waiting for someone to say, let there be. I want to get out of this situation. And the sparks is ready. So when God cannot come to that dungeon, the Holy Spirit goes down there. And how do I know again? Let's go to Romans 8, 11. I think we should read this. Romans 8, 11. Romans 8, 11. Okay, 11, 11, okay. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead 
shall also quicken your mother bodies by his spirit, the spirit of righteousness that dwelleth in you. So when Jesus was dead with the sin, the spirit of righteousness went there and raised him from the dead. When the father could not come. Does that make sense? So the same way, this is second confirmation. I add this, but when mommy was saying that, the spirit said I should put it down because it's a confirmation. Because in the mouth of two or three witnesses, a matter is confirmed. So that, that was the point God was waiting for before this message comes. So no matter your situation, no matter where you are, and no matter the struggle, the Holy Spirit is around, the spirit of righteousness. All you have to do is speak. And it will take action. Praise the Lord. Quickly, why do we need the Holy Spirit? I want to run through this because time, we have lots of time today. You are not of God if you do not have the Holy Spirit, the spirit of righteousness in you. You don't have anything with God, whether you like it or not. If the spirit of righteousness is not at work, you might be a righteous spirit. You are born again. But if the Holy Spirit, the spirit of righteousness is not in you, working with you actively, not inactively, like sheke leka pala to sekete. No, that is not speaking in tongues. I tell you the truth. Yeah, even if you want to speak in a low voice, that is, that's not the way you should speak in tongues. That is not the spirit speaking. Even if you are in a public place, which I encourage everybody to do, you want to speak in tongues. That is not, you don't speak as if you are sleeping. The Holy Spirit doesn't sleep. So when you are speaking, you should speak with force. Because it's awake, it's alive. Shaka, papa, coach. The devil will run. Even with your seriousness. <laughs> so even if you want to reduce your voice because you want to be civil, because we're in the Western world, you also have to speak it with force. Because the Holy Spirit is a force. Does that make sense? To live righteously, that's number two. First and foremost, for you to be of God, you must have the spirit of righteousness. So why do we need the spirit of righteousness? To live righteously. And we can have uh, the Bible passages from Galatians 5, 16 and 18. And the uh, Bible verse our mother quoted this evening before we started. Job 32. No, that Job 32, 18 is different. I think we should see that. Job 32, 18. Job 32, 8 was the one mommy quoted. Yeah. Job 32, 18. For I am full of matter. The spirit within me constrained me. Have you felt like talking? If you have the spirit of God, when you are not supposed to talk, it would silence you. If you are in a relationship, it's like when you are talking and your friend is like, no, matching you or touching you, pinching. I don't know if you have experienced it. That's what the Holy Spirit does. It constrains you so that you don't fumble, so that you don't disgrace yourself, so that you don't embarrass yourself. Because that is why he's there if you are in a relationship with him. To fulfill purpose and destiny. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. This is very key. If you don't go with anything, go with this. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, spirit of righteousness, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. So if you don't have the spirit of righteousness, the Holy Ghost, then there's a problem. Because you are supposed to be his temple. Have we seen houses that are not occupied? What happens to them? Whitewashed? Grasses, cobwebs, 
take over the houses that are not occupied. The same thing, if you are the temple of the Holy Ghost, which you are, if you are born again, and you are not occupying the Holy Ghost in his temple, what happens? You, gave, you just gave room to sins. All the little, little forces, they will come around. The grasses, the cobwebs, they will even come and be dancing. <laughs> you see, if you go to unoccupied houses, that's what happens. You see birds perching and singing, and all kinds of things. Deaths. But if it's a house occupied by someone, praise the Lord. So you need to give room for the Holy Spirit to occupy his temple tonight. That is your destiny. That is your purpose. If the Holy Spirit is not in you, the spirit of righteousness, then there is something wrong. I'm not arguing with you. I'm not debating. I'm not trying to motivate you. I'm telling you the truth. If it's not with you, then you are not fulfilling purpose. That is it there. Go with this word. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. If you don't have the spirit of righteousness in you, then you are a whitewashed temple. You are an occupied temple filled with cobwebs. You said grass. Maybe snakes. Spider. Just name them. You don't want to be that, right? So please, you need to take action for the owner of the temple to occupy the temple. Hallelujah. The next one, why do we need the Holy Spirit? To receive answers to prayers through faith. It's the confidence that gives us boldness to profess our faith without fear. Have you ever thought about praying and you're like, oh, maybe that thing I did yesterday. No. If you have the Holy Spirit with you, you, it's okay. It's natural to make mistakes. But it's unscriptural to remain in that situation. That is why you have the spirit of righteousness. So it's okay. It's natural for temptations to come. But it's unscriptural for temptations to hold you down. So when you are praying, the Holy Spirit will come and I'm like, yeah, the blood was shed for this person. And therefore, whatever he says, God will hear him. He has a passageway to him. That is the confidence we need in prayer. If you have thought about praying and you felt like, oh, there's something I did and it's holding me back. It's because the spirit is not there. But if you have the Holy Spirit, it brings up everything and it's like, no, this one is saved already. Even though he slept, even though she slept, the blood is speaking for him or her. As far as you are conscious of the fact that you slept. Praise the Lord. To sanitize and keep our conscience alive. 1 Timothy 3, 9, Hebrews 9, 14. Your conscience, if your conscience is dead, praise the Lord, then there's a problem. Because if your conscience is dead, you don't even know the difference from right or good. You just keep doing things and you are not sure whether you're on the right path or not. So for your conscience to be alive, to come alive, you need the spirit of righteousness. Praise the Lord. Another point why we need the Holy Spirit is to overcome all bondages of sin and death. When that temptation comes, I feel like telling lies or something. I feel like doing something I I ought not to do as a believer. You just begin to speak in tongues. By the time you start, you are charging up yourself. The Holy Spirit is swelling up in you. You say, yeah, that's my boy. That's my girl. Before you know, you don't have that urge again. I'm telling you, the urge will come even when you have the Holy Spirit. But you need to charge the Holy Spirit. 
That's why when you say you have the spirit and you don't speak in tongues, I laugh. Because you can't have the Holy Spirit and not speak in tongues. They go together. Praise the Lord. And I believe God as we are speaking tonight. Everyone that is not baptized with the spirit will be baptized as the word is coming in the name of Jesus. Because in Acts, as Peter was speaking, they received the spirit and they started speaking in tongues. In the house of Cornelius. So you don't even need a laying of hands. All you need is just the test to say, yes, I need you, sweet Holy Spirit. I need you, spirit of righteousness. And you receive him. Praise the Lord. Quickly, how do we maintain an effective relationship with the spirit of righteousness? First and foremost, the word of God. The Holy Spirit does not act without the word. If you don't have the word, you are starving the Holy Spirit. It would just be there. But his hands are tied. You need the word of God for the Holy Spirit to go to work. So don't joke with the word of God. Live with it. Live ready with the word. Hallelujah. Be humble and meek. This is very key. There are so many points, but I'm just going to mention the key ones. Humility is very key. You don't argue with the Holy Spirit. If you argue with the Holy Spirit, he steps aside. It's not a contest. You don't contest with the Holy Spirit. You can contest with your wife or husband or friends or family members. But with the Holy Spirit, he's there to help you. And if you argue with him, he just steps aside. So no matter your position, no matter your title, humility and meekness. Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Like our mother said on Sunday, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Good morning, Holy Spirit. What is the agenda for today? Praise the Lord. Praying in the Spirit, Jude one twenty, Romans 8.26. Praying in the Spirit. You must, that should be like something you should do every day. Like I just gave an example. Even if you're in a public meeting, if you see something that shouldn't be, begin to pray in the Spirit. They give you a query later at the office. Begin to pray in the Spirit. If you can't do it publicly because you are scared, go to the washroom and begin to charge up. That office will catch fire. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Anything you don't like, because that's what the spirit of righteousness is there to do. If you just, even if it's in the public transit, if you use public transit, or you are driving, even when the cops pull you over, you've made the mistake. But the spirit of righteousness is there to help you. I'm telling you, just begin to speak in tongues. And you activate mercy. You activate the blood. You say, oh, this one has been covered with the blood. Therefore, there's mercy. And you see things reverse. That's how the miracle happens. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Always acknowledge his presence. Like I said, if you don't know that he's there, the understanding is not there. Listen and obey his commandments. If he says, go south, go south. You know why? Because south might look rough. But at the end of the day, north that looks so glorious might not be the right spot. I've personally, I've experienced it. I'm into saves. And when we are going to we are going out every day, I will ask the Holy Spirit, where do you want me to go to? And we say, go this way. Everybody will rush to this side. Oh, this is a juicy spot. This is juicy. Juicy means very lucrative. Right? Yeah. But the Holy Spirit will say, go to that spot. Mm -hmm. And I will go with my hands in my pocket. <laughs> because I'm sure it might take me the entire day, but the last person I will speak to, or the last business I will speak to, we just cover up for what I would have done the entire week. Hallelujah. Because the Spirit said, do that. So, it directs you. Yes. And don't argue with him, please. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. 
there's a command we must obey. There's no time on our side. So I'm, going, I'm just going to write, round up by the grace of God. And let's quickly go to Matthew 5, 48. There's also Leviticus 19, 2. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16. But be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So tonight, maybe you don't know him. It's an opportunity for you. So there are three categories of people I'm going to call out tonight. First and foremost, you have not received the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You just have to step out. Nobody's going to bow their heads. It's your race. It's your life. Because if you miss it, just imagine that Jesus comes tonight. The trumpet goes off tonight. Are you sure you'll make heaven? That is the second set of people I'm calling out. Because God's servant will be ministering to you and you'll be receiving the Holy Spirit, the spirit of righteousness. So if you're in that second category, say you are not sure that you make heaven as we are now in the next minute and you hear blast and the trumpet goes up, boom. <laughs> Would you be in heaven? Or will you be looking for Pastor Fuller? Like, oh, where is Pastor Fuller? <laughs> Praise the Lord. We might be laughing, but it's a serious question. Ask yourself that question, and I want you to step forward. And lastly, you are tired of struggling and living without direction. Because this struggle comes from the fact that you don't have the spirit of righteousness. If you have him, he will direct you. So those are the three categories of people. Don't be shy. Don't look at anyone. Salvation is personal. So if you are in any of those categories, one, you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Secondly, you are not sure whether you make heaven if the trump goes off in the next minute. Just step out. Step out quickly as we put those beautiful hands together for Jesus and welcome our mother.